You are listening to the Money Making Marketing Podcast. We are your guides to making money with marketing. I'm Isaac from Vault Media, and as ever, I'm joined by my co-hosts, Jenny from Avon Marketing and Louie from The Mailman. On this week's show, we're going to be looking at how you can guide your customers through your sales pipelines using marketing funnels. So, Louis, what is a marketing funnel? Well, a marketing funnel it basically is just like describing your customer journey and it's each stage of that journey from, first of all, um, you bring about your awareness of your brand to them and, and starting to basically bring them towards the point where they're ready to buy from you. I guess that summarizes it. Would you agree? Uh, yeah, yeah, no, definitely. It's It's... Marketing funnel and sales funnel, I think, are very interchangeable. Um, they're both basically the same thing. It's just, obviously, with the marketing funnel, you're putting different types of marketing out at the different stages of that funnel. Where the sales funnel, you're doing slightly different things in terms of your sales process during that funnel. Um, but they're both the same thing. Yeah, definitely. Exactly. I think you're right. It just kind of helps um, businesses or you as a company to like visualize the path that potential customers will take. Um, and it's just a good way of seeing kind of at what stages uh, do they enter the sales funnel and how can you kind of get them through it. And it'll kind of help you improve your strategy and things like that. Yeah, I mean, it, it is super important to, to know the journey that you want your customers to take so you can give them the best experience possible from discovering your company to working with your company yeah definitely i think like you said it, it's so important because you know it visualizes the customer's journey kind of from initial awareness all the way through to that conversion um and kind of the sales funnel marketing funnel it provides kind of a useful framework uh through which you can kind of analyze your business and identify the areas that you can improve on yeah and i mean you might, I mean, if, if any of the listeners have heard of a marketing funnel before, they might have seen different examples, and you'll see them with all different words, but generally I just stick with first stage is awareness, second stage, consideration, third stage, the decision, and then after that, the retention. Would you agree that they're like the four key points? They're all, all of them are the same, but they're just worded a bit differently. Some of them are like six steps. and Yeah, it's it's all really based on the same thing, and in my view going with like six or seven steps you're overcomplicating it for no reason it, the, the simpler you can keep your marketing or sales funnel the easier it's going to be for your customers to get through to that point of sale so going with those kind of four stages is is really key so why you should use a marketing funnel um well let's kind of look at an example and um, that kind of maybe explains that and make it makes it a little more clear um, so I uh, came up with an example for an e-commerce site. Um, so for them, uh, they might use uh, like a model of a sales funnel uh, with their visitors um, and identify that there is a large drop-off in users between them visiting the shopping cart and actually completing the transaction. Uh, so basically, this data will identify that element in that area in that sales funnel. There's a big flaw, and it will basically allow them to improve that customer journey in the future and it means they're more likely to get more sales by just making little tweaks if that makes sense yeah it's like not only does the the marketing funnel give you the basis for your customer journey it, it helps you to over time figure out ways to improve that adapt that and have a better marketing um strategy in place really um 
So like with that e-commerce example, uh, from that data, what they could then basically do is be like, okay, so these people have gone out, they've added stuff to the shopping cart, they've entered their email address here and they were gonna purchase, but they didn't. So what we can do is we can send a remarketing email to them saying, oh, these items are still waiting for you in your cart. Do you want to purchase them still? Yeah. And that's just another little step, another touch point that you can have with that customer to kind of persuade them into that purchase. And I've seen, um, uh, I think ASOS have done this in the past with me where I've put stuff in the cart and then they've offered me a discount maybe it's a couple of days later on that that purchase. Yeah. There's some really clever ways people now kind of, I guess, retarget you or re-advertise to you, um, whatever the proper terminology is. And, yeah, it's all that kind of they'll have cookies and whatnot on their website. So I've had it where, yeah, go onto a clothing website um, and then you think you look at certain items, you drop off, and then when I've gone on Facebook, kind of like a carousel ads come up for, like, River Island, for example, saying, oh, we've noticed that you've looked at these items and it'll be a carousel of every, every piece of clothing i've clicked on or the same i've had it where in an email saying uh, we've noticed that you've left these items in your basket do you want to make a purchase and you think oh that is very clever they're, they're very good at, at kind of um kind of what you said isaac is them touch points adding mooring to improve your kind of journey and kind of make you more likely to convert into a sale absolutely i mean the whole point of it isn't it but the whole point is just to try and guide or as many visitors or as many prospects as possible to make a sale. And you're trying to maximise the amount of people who come out of a funnel on the other end as clients, I suppose. Um, so we've briefly touched on kind of the elements of a marketing funnel, your awareness, consideration, decision and retention stage. But I think it'd be good to kind of dive in a bit deeper and explain what each of those stages are. Yeah, uh, so awareness, um, it's obviously kind of the, the first step to your sales and marketing funnel. Um, and this is where kind of your potential customers are drawn into this stage through marketing campaigns um, and consumer research and discovery. Uh, so, if, you know, for example, uh, with me, a great way to kind of... Um, I'll redo that. Uh, so with what I do with social media and content marketing, that's a brilliant way of kind of hooking people in and it's educating people on what you do. It's telling people about your brand story and the ethos, uh, things like that. And basically, I think with awareness, it's all about building trust with your um, customers, with your potential customers. And I think this awareness stage, it can take a long time. Don't think just because someone's seen one post, they're instantly going to buy off you and enter that sales funnel it, it just doesn't work like that i think with the awareness stage it's a bit of a long game and you know i think i've read somewhere it can take up to is it something like seven times for people to interact with your content or see your brand for them to actually start paying attention to what you're trying to push and the, the key thing to remember with that as well is not you post seven times it's that that person sees that seven times and engages with that content seven times um you you can't just do seven posts a year and expect to get loads of sales coming through you need to be posting on a very consistent basis and someone may potentially see oh one of your posts every couple of weeks but once you've built up those touch points it's it's going to start working for you yeah, i mean the other part of that is let's say someone wants to get a new kitchen someone doesn't just wake up one morning and say right i'm gonna get a kitchen they have a long contemplation period as to when, when they want to get a kitchen. They'll start thinking, oh, 
kitchen's looking a bit shabby and often we might take two years to get a new kitchen. So during those two years, if a kitchen designer or kitchen company can provide them with the awareness marketing material, which is going to bring the awareness of their brand, it's basically establishing, like Jenny says, that trust. So that when they decide, right, when they do wake up and say, right, today's the day I'm going to get a new kitchen, then that is the company that they're going to go to. That's that's the the point of it, I guess, isn't it? Yes, it's you. You're, you hope that you're in the back of their mind and you've done enough to kind of educate them and, and hook them in. But I think a big thing with awareness is not just all about selling. Um, a big thing I find with social media is people love kind of educational content and relevant content. So if you can show that you're kind of a leading expert, um, kind of in your field or kind of you know you're you're the best of the best people are way more likely to come to you um and enter your sales funnel versus someone else's like um if if you're trying to sell in the awareness stage then you're doing your marketing completely wrong you shouldn't be selling until you get to the decision stage really yeah yeah definitely yeah absolutely it's all about as jenny says it's educating educating your prospects and providing them with value it's building that trust. And how, how do you build trust with someone? You help them out without expecting anything in return or without seeming to expect anything. Um, so taking that kitchen idea um, a little bit further, what types of content could you put in that awareness stage? Well, some of the most perfect things you could be doing. It's a two-year process, so you could send out emails, uh, direct mail, um, post on social and have blog posts and videos, giving tips on ways to design your kitchen, you know. So different types of styles you can go with in terms of the, the cabinets and the hobs and the fridges that you're using and how you can make these styles really unique and personalized to you as, a, as an individual. And the more you do that kind of thing, you're slowly educating your, your customers on the value of your services because you have this wealth of knowledge. You're educating them really around how they can then start thinking about the way they want their kitchen to look. Um, and, and you're slowly building that relationship up with them that can then take you across into that, that consideration stage where they start really thinking about the solutions you provide and how they can solve that problem. Yeah, I think kind of what you said there, Isaac, with the awareness stage, I personally feel like it's all about kind of inspiring them. Um, and, you know, I think the other day I was looking at kind of statistics around like social media, for example, and there's one that came up saying like 92% of all Instagram users say they followed a brand, clicked on their website or made a purchase after seeing a product or service. And they will have been kind of inspired and that will have been drip fed to them over time. Um, and, you know, it's made them think, oh, I'm going to kind of inquire a bit more about that. Um, but you're totally right, Isaac. I think putting it kind of, I think we touched about it kind of in the in the last um, episode, you know, about kind of like your customer journey and it's those pain points. I think with the awareness stage, if you can put out content that is um, kind of uh, solving their pain points and their problems, you're way more likely to get them to convert into a sale and move on to the next step which, like Isaac said, is consideration. The second stage, consideration. What is that all about? Well, if awareness is all about educating your customers around your industry and sharing tips and advice with them, then consideration is all about educating them on your your solutions to their problems. 
So in the consideration stage, um, leads have now changed into qualified leads. So instead of them just being cold leads, they're now in your sales funnel and they're now warm leads. Um, and they can be actually seen as potential customers. So you as a business can send prospects more information about products and offers um, through things like automated email campaigns uh, while continuing to nurture them with targeted content it's all about continuing to supply them with specific content around those pain points and um, this can be anything from you know like case studies it can have free trials or you know there's lots of different ways you can kind of continue um to market to them but it's all about being more specific so your awareness stage really is about about finding those those leads and people who could potentially become customers so once they've kind of gone through that awareness stage and move into the consideration stage, they now become a prospect. So this is someone who you've warmed up a bit and they're, they're a bit more invested in the potential of working with you. So really with the consideration stage, it's about taking them from kind of your, your prospect and moving them across into the decision stage where they become someone you're actively starting to speak to and engage with on a personal level. Yeah, so in the decision stage, I feel like it kind of says what it does on the tin. Uh, this is where your prospect, your potential customer, is making that final decision about whether or not they're going to buy uh, from you, whether it's they're going to choose your services or buy a specific product. Um, and yeah, it's, it's all about kind of helping them make that decision and kind of pushing them over the line. Exactly. It's, it's basically the point where your prospects are... I guess making an inquiry, like actually walking into your showroom if you're a brick and mortar build, brick, brick and mortar, bricks and mortar building, or filling in um, an inquiry form on your website. That sort of thing is where they're actually putting my hand up and literally saying, "Hello, I, I am interested in in what you have to offer. Please convince me why I should buy from you." So, so how, how do you go about convincing them? Well, the best way really is to show the results that your previous clients or customers have seen show them the problems they had, the solutions you provided, and the results that they will see if they work with you. Yeah, I guess once I guess that's partly in the the I think consideration decision they're very close and they kind of merge because you're totally right as people are making that decision, you need to kind of push towards them the kind of marketing material like you said case studies and show them the results that they can make um and yeah it's all about convincing the buyer that your brand um your services or your product is the best choice um so yeah i guess the different types uh, yeah so i guess the different ways you can do that and i think one of the best ways like you said isaac is things like case studies um they're they're brilliant um, because it, it, I think they kind of speak for themselves um, and things like testimonials as well. I think they're very powerful. Um, if, if a buyer can see uh, what you've done for somebody else, maybe they're in the same situation, I think they can really relate. Um, and like, you, like I've kind of said before, they're more likely to be pushed over the line and choose your business or your brand. So um, correct me if you guys think I'm wrong, but personally, I think the majority of businesses are looking at case studies and testimonials the wrong way. They see them as two separate things, yet they're both the same thing. A good case study is a good testimonial from your customer. Whereas if you just have a testimonial, there's not much context to that. It's just, this company's really great. You should work with them. 
that's not persuasive at all. What is persuasive is a case study that looks at how that person has been helped to solve their problems and the results they're seeing as they grow past past those pain points. Yeah, I think they're both good, but I think you're right. Testimonials, they may be kind of like the tip of the iceberg um, as like a, a potential buyer. It shows, okay, that they're getting good reviews, good testimonials, but I think it, it doesn't give enough information. Um, and I think, yeah, you want for that in-depth detail and kind of what you've done from beginning to end, which a lot of buyers actually like to know. It's a case of doing a case study a really detailed case study and i think within a case study you insert testimonials so you can talk about for i don't know joe blogs we we did xyz this was the beginning to end process and then at the bottom put a testimonial from joe blogs and i think that gives it kind of validity and makes it more reliable because okay the actual person has kind of backed up this case study if that makes sense i personally see testimonials as more of a consideration stage element so that's kind of there just to start drawing people in a bit more and then when they move into the decision stage that's when the, that's when the customer is wanting a lot more information and that's where you have the case studies that dive deep into that and one of the best things you can do if you've got a written up case study have a video to go alongside it because people are more likely to watch that video that's one minute 30 seconds than to read a, a blog post that's going to take them like five minutes um, and they're actually getting to see that customer in person speaking about you yeah i think people are, can be quite lazy so if you can easily show them how you can solve their problems then you kind of on to a winner another another key element of this decision um side is educational guides i know how much you hate white papers isaac <laughs> but i mean educational videos as well but anything where you're literally like um solving people's problems or giving them help like whether it might be like a top tip guide i do definitely think that this comes under the decision making part of it because someone might search on google like how do i solve xyz and if a company's providing a white paper <laughs> which is showing that person how to actually solve that problem then acts as a very good generator or a very good step to get that person to like you and trust you so following on from my theme of um, hating white papers um all right white papers do have their place don't get me wrong i find them very boring but they do have their place just do not put it in your lead generator it's not, it's not exciting. It's not something that gets people really engaged and interested in what you do. It's, it is more of a decision stage part of the process than your consideration stage where you have your lead generator. With your lead generator, you want your customers to get their blood pumping and be like, yes, this is really great. This is something I can now put into practice with my business. You don't want the dull, this statistic followed by this statistic followed by this statistic. That That is part of the decision stage. That's when you're starting to try and build things a bit more um, and, yeah. and flesh things yeah, out. Yeah, I, I think maybe, I think we might have to do an episode on white papers. <laughs> oh, no, please, people. no. So, so we can <laughs> teach people how to write a good yeah. white paper because they, they can work, obviously, but obviously you don't want any of, any of your marketing to be boring. Yeah. Yeah, you want it to all be... And you should never, ever call it a white paper, that's for certain, because that's just an immediate... That's a turn-off, yeah. If it is called, but if it is called the headline, 
when someone might click on that because I'll be all, well, this is interesting to me. It's all about what that person's getting out of it. So yeah, one of the worst things about white papers is the copy. It's just, it's awful. It's really, really bad copy. And one of the worst things is headlines, which is such an important part of drawing people into what you're you're talking about. Um, so what we'll have to do at some point, we'll have to get Jenny to run an episode um, all about how you can actually start writing good copy because I'm telling you, your copy is awful and you need to sort it because it's so boring. <laughs> this is brutal. But yeah, I, I do think... Tough love, though. The, the it truth is about why... Yeah. yeah, yeah. The, the truth about any copy is that, right, everybody... Well, maybe not everybody, but lots of people read books. Lots of people watch films. But they don't watch all films. They watch films that are good and that cook them and that are gripping to them. A white paper can be gripping if it's written well but like you say that is the issue books are written by authors who are brilliant at writing films are made by directors who know exactly what they're doing when it comes to making an enticing vid um, film but most like you say most white papers are written by business owners and as business owners our, our job isn't to write copy well, I, I, meant, I mentioned previously when um when we were talking about about in one of the previous episodes like uh, a server company will get their technicians to write the white paper on their servers. But they specialize in computer hardware and computer software. They don't specialize in writing words that entice people and engage people. So it's just really boring. It's full of numbers and full of text that just doesn't do anything. Like that That's my real issue with white papers. It's not white papers themselves. It's the way it's executed. Yeah. Yeah. Right. We need we need to get uh, um, an episode booked in for copy because it's marketing copy. I honestly think is probably one of the most important parts of marketing. It's absolutely crucial. So obviously, from the decision stage, it's basically you're trying to you're trying to sell to that person. So that comes on starts to go into how how good you are at actually selling. And obviously, there's different things you can do um, to improve your sales process throughout marketing but i think we've gone into enough depth within this decision process so after you've sold to your client what comes next uh so yeah after your decision it, it's all about retention and that's you've got the customer they're they're paying you money but how do you keep them being a customer how do you keep them actually working alongside you and, and using your products and services well yeah having a great customer experience first of all that's that's really key but if you don't continue to market to them even though they've had that great customer service, you're not staying in their mind. You're not still helping them. So really what you want to be doing is repeating awareness, consideration, decision on a regular basis and have that as a constant thing that's new content is coming out all the time based around those three stages. And that's how you kind of do your retention stage. It's just repeat and keep everything going so you can you can still be in your customers' minds. Some listeners may be thinking, but if I've already sold someone, why do I need to sell to them again? And, and especially, let's come back to this kitchen business. Someone might not buy another kitchen for another 15 years. So you might think, well, what's the point of remarketing to them? But most businesses get most of their business through referral and through word of mouth. If you continue to market to them and you might have a referral system in place, then you can encourage more referrals from your customers and who's who's a better person to, to to give a referral than someone who's already been delighted with your service. Yeah. 
it's not about not only about getting them to work with you again it's also about getting more referrals and there's a there's a little formula um, that my business coach told me and it's about results so the results you get your client multiplied by relationships so that's a relationship you build with your client leads to retention and referrals so the relationship i think is the key part when it comes to this retention stage. That's what all your marketing is focused on, building that relationship. Like if you, if you make your customer feel valued and make them feel like you actually care about them, then that's that's gonna be such a huge step in, in terms of getting that retention. Yeah, I, I was gonna say, I think for me, the biggest kind of step in or the important bit of the retention stage is um, I think it's making people feel like they're actually a valued customer and kind of thanking them for the services um, and kind of making uh, a point that you kind of want them back and kind of you're grateful, etc. So yeah, for certain businesses, if you've become, if you're a customer and you've made a purchase on your next order, you might get X amount off or some people have kind of like loyalty schemes and things like that. And it's all about kind of getting people back through the door. Um, and for me, I find it r ridiculous that um, a lot of companies, I don't know, let's say it's like your, your internet or, you know, your phone lines and things, new customers get more more kind of perks and rewards than existing customers and I just find that crazy because surely you know um you're kind of so we just expect people to stay don't they if they just expect it because they think why why wouldn't they but I've got two um little statistics here and I, I love statistics mate I think they're brilliant and one of them um says that it is six times more expensive to get a new client than to sell to an existing one so let's say your acquisition cost for a new client is let's say 600 quid it might be probably way too high for a lot of businesses but would you rather pay 100 quid to get a new client or 600 quid obviously you'd rather pay 100 quid um the other statistic is 68 percent of lost business is due to perceived indifference which basically just means that a client doesn't feel like they were cared about enough like 68 percent of lost business that's the vast majority just because they don't feel like they're cared about so, so looking at that, that, that first point on the, it being six times more expensive to get a new client, the reason that's the case is you've already done the legwork to get that, that first client that you've already done the work with. So you don't have to do as much work to get them to do another project with you or buy another product from you. And then with the 68% lost business, one of, the really one of the best ways really to do this is to kind of cut down on that. If you enjoyed working with that client and you really loved the project you did with them, send them a gift. When a project wraps, wait a few weeks maybe and send them a little gift in a post. It doesn't have to be anything expensive or extravagant. It could be um, a nice bar of chocolate and a little handwritten note saying, um, I really loved working with you. Thank you so much for your business and I hope to work again with you in the future. It's such a simple thing. It costs you, what, no more than a tenner to do something like that and you're building that relationship even further and showing that you care about them. That's it. I've had it before where, I mean, um, I got a card off a, I got a card off a client uh, just saying thanks for all the work you've done. Um, 
even though they're technically paying me, I think just in lockdown, I tried to kind of do kind of a bit more for them and, and things like that. But that makes me want to work with them more and work harder for them. So it works with a business too. If you're a business, you can send like a gift or a card or a bit of appreciation um, to your customers, then they're going to appreciate it. And they're gonna, they're gonna think of you. And it's just a nice thing to do. I mean, I, I work with a company and every Christmas, they send Betty's hampers to all their customers just saying thank you for your kind of continued service and and um no i'm gonna redo that it's not service and um, so yeah i work with a, a company and every year they send betty's hampers to all their clients just thanking them uh, for choosing them and continuing to work with them and for me i, I just think that's kind of lovely it'll keep them kind of in uh, the customer's mind as well so i think doing something like that it not only kind of rewards your client it's also, I think, a form of marketing because you're kind of, it's that, you know, you're putting them back into your mind. I mean, I think I think with each of these stages, we've, we've already touched on some things you can be doing. But yeah, I think it's definitely a good idea to dive in a little bit deeper. So with awareness, um, you, you know what I'm going to say? Educational content marketing. It is the best thing to get customers interested in what you are doing because you're providing them help completely free of charge and you're giving them advice so they can start growing their businesses or improving their life and solving their problems so that's that's a really really important thing content 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 it's it's just so so vital to to building that trust so give some examples of like educational content for people so they actually get a kind of understanding. So like for me, some could be like blogs, um, I do like infographics on social media, things like that. Have you got kind of any other uh, other examples? Yeah, uh, doing video. Um, so once a week, upload a video where you kind of dive a bit deeper into a specific topic. So for example, last week I did a video all about five tips that you can you can start implementing right now to build your confidence when in front of camera because that's that's an issue that everybody faces every single person when they sit down in front of a camera they get anxious like i've been i've been in front of a camera for like five years you know and i still get nervous in front of the camera so doing stuff like that your top tips and sharing little nuggets of advice is really really brilliant uh, also podcasts like this podcasts are a really great way it's it's a long form piece of content where you can really start diving into into topics that a video may not necessarily be good enough for like with a video what three minutes to five minutes maybe um you can't dive into that topic as much as you can you can dive into certain sections of it and briefly go over it but a podcast allows you to dive so much deeper yeah definitely uh, so what about consideration the consideration consideration element of your uh, sales funnel what sort of content or types of things can people be doing in this section so i think the consideration is mainly lead generates or lead magnets as as some people may have may have heard of them um so this is anything that's literally trying to get someone to like raise their hand and show interest so it might be something that they would get in exchange for providing an email address or something like that it could be a white paper it could be, um, <laughs> and it, there's well, there's loads of different examples that you, that you could do, but you are basically trying to provide value on a larger scale, like a like obviously a white paper is a, is a more in-depth guide. So you know, but someone who's going to give her email for that is going to be much more, as Isaac said earlier, I think um, like involved or involved in my idea of working with you. 
and, and more involved in my idea of purchasing your product or service than someone just in the awareness stage. Yeah, I think maybe in the consideration stage and um, put content out there that maybe uh, tells uh, users a little bit more about your business um, and kind of the ethos or the types of products you do and, and in a bit more detail because um, that's when they're kind of doing their research. And I think a lot of people, yeah, they want to know that you're a really good company to buy from um, or work with and that your products so are sound as well. There's a really great book by an author called Pat Flint, and it's called Superfans, and it's about generating superfans for your business. And one of the key things really in a consideration stage that he mentions is something called opening the factory doors. So what does that really mean? That means showing behind the scenes of your company, showing your staff, showing your employees, showing the way you engage with people, showing your company culture. People are really interested in that kind of thing. So once you've captured their attention, with your educational marketing in the awareness stage, something like that's a really, really great way to start building up that consideration stage and and turning these these leads into prospects. Uh, I guess another idea for for a lead generator would be put together a free course. It doesn't need to be anything extravagant. Maybe it's uh, 20, 20 to thirty minutes of a course where you kind of walk people through step by step on the basics of certain things that you're offering. That's that's another really great way to to have a lead generator people are more than happy to give away their email address for access to a quality course yeah definitely i mean i had um like a, a client a little bit different she's a beautician and um to kind of get people through the door um because she provides facials um, and they kind of um range from all kind of prices so she did a come and have like a, a taster and um, so it gets people through the door it's a lot cheaper or at times free and it basically it gets them through the door you can talk to them have that one-to-one time and kind of help them push them to the, the decision end of the sales funnel so next time they they will they kind of understand the process and will actually go for a proper facial if that makes sense yeah so what about so we've done awareness and consideration what about decision in the decision element of the self funnel what type of content can people be pushing out so with decision really you you want to be focusing on stuff like case studies and testimonials and things that are going to help to convert your customers um well convert your prospects into customers um so having an in-depth case study for um like a few of them at least really per service you offer or per product you have is really really key because you're you're giving a a variety of different problems that people faced and then how that specific thing was a solution to that problem and then the results they are now seeing um like problem solution result i think we're going to be talking about that quite a lot throughout throughout this podcast because it's such an important thing people want to know if you're a problem solver and how once those problems are solved their businesses or um, their problems are gonna gonna help them to grow um so yeah case studies are such a key part of that yeah brilliant uh, and then i guess the last one um with retention and um, we've kind of said it before it's kind of about keeping things going and um it's all about kind of content isn't it and and re relevant i'm gonna redo that so yeah, the last one as well. So that's retention. Um, so I guess with this one, it's all about content and, and pushing content out to get people back into the, the sales funnel. Uh, so have you got any kind of ideas of what type of content people can be pushing um, in the retention section? So, so this is something that I don't think businesses do anywhere near enough. And that's surprising customers. I mean, we mentioned before about sending the gifts, but 
let's say you don't have that much money to be able to put towards sending out a 10 pound gift to your clients. There's a really cheap, in, in fact, it's completely free. All it costs is your time. Um, and do, doing this is, is brilliant. So that's giving them a call out of the blue, recording a short little video out of the blue and sending that to them. Um, tiny little things where you can just surprise your customers and with this, like, you don't want to be sending these out to every single one of your customers constantly. You want it to be something special. You want it to be something where they're not expecting it and it catches them off guard a bit. And that, 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 that could be, like, giving them a bit more advice or it could be just asking them how they're doing and, and wanting to catch up, going for a little coffee and having a chat and not being salesy with them, but just genuinely being interested in what's going on with them. Yeah, it's quite nice when, when yeah, you have conversations with people and it could be about, I don't know, your, your weekend or what you did. It doesn't necessarily have to be you selling to them. Um, I guess a bit like what you do, Louis, you know, like a handwritten letter or a card or something like that. It's just a nice thing to get. And I think nowadays people are bombarded by emails and, and things like that. And I guess a bit like what you said, Isaac, I think people are so expected um, I'll, re- I'll redo that. I think, like, kind of you touched upon, Isaac, um, I think people expect to be sold to a lot. Um, so actually sitting down with someone and talking about something completely different, actually, it would probably surprise a lot of customers and it would actually be a really nice personal touch. It's like um, if you were if you were dating someone and you were just constantly trying to sell them on the idea of marriage... It's not. It's not a great way to go, is it? You wanna. You wanna be invested in them as well. So you. You wanna have conversations with them about things that are completely unrelated to your business. And I think, yeah. And I think when um, actually, when you really get to know clients, this sounds bad or not, but actually, if they actually become uh, get to like you uh, as a person, I think sometimes it can be harder for them to say no as well. Um, because you know why? Why wouldn't they want to work with you? You're a really nice person. You're actually interested in them, and you're brilliant at what you do. So I think it's just kind of another positive that you can kind of add to your brand and services. Yeah, I mean, like Isaac said, it, I've said this before, but your relationships in business are just like your relationships with with your friends, with your family. Like, let's say you've met someone, you've you've sold to them in terms of they've agreed to like be your your partner, your girlfriend, boyfriend, whatever. Um, you, you've got to that point. You don't just shut up from her, do you? you don't just not see them. You don't not do anything nice to them. You don't provide them with any value after that. What you do is you actually continue to build that relationship and show them how invested you are into making that a long-term thing. It's the exact same in business. And, and like Jenny says, like not to try to plug my own um, service, but I have a website which where we send handwritten cards and we've got set retention systems where we'll send a birthday card a Christmas card and different cards throughout the year, literally for that whole purpose to to build that relationship, because it is so so important to in order to have, um, well in order to maximise the lifetime value of that relationship yeah. and that client. Yeah, I, I guess it. You, we've all said it in the retention stage. The kind of keyword there is relationship and about building it. it you know regardless of what content or marketing material or whatever you're going to push out to someone whether it's emails call phone calls gifts whatever anything you do in that stage i feel like it's all about strengthening that relationship um and you know it's a bit like everybody does in networking um 
you build relationships first and then the referrals and sales come after i think um so yeah it's all about strengthening relationships and, and building them and that's what you need to do in the retention stage in order to get that customer back into your sales funnel so to summarize in this episode we have looked at what a marketing funnel is what its purpose is in in guiding your customers through the journey from discovering about your your products and services to becoming a customer We've also looked at the different elements of the marketing funnel, awareness, consideration, decision, and retention. And then we've looked at what types of content works best in each of these, such as educational content, lead generators, uh, case studies, and giving your clients surprises to, to keep them coming back and working with your company going forward. So yeah, it's been quite a, quite a deep episode into, into this topic. We've covered so much. Um, so make sure you go back through, give it another listen and get as much detail out of this as you possibly can. If you enjoyed this episode and would like to give us some feedback or if you have a question you'd like us to answer, then send us an email. You can find it in the description of this episode. Also, make sure to follow us on social media so that you never miss an episode. We are MMM Guides on most social networks. Again, we'll have all the links in the episode's description. So we are Isaac, Jenny and Louie, your guides to making money with marketing. Oh,